Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Here, Bird Show. There are certainly strength in numbers. You do something quirky, maybe you think it's strange, until you find out there are a whole bunch of other people that do the same strange, quirky crap. There's something very vulnerable about sharing your intrusive thoughts. <laughs> because... It's so dark. Intrusive thoughts are meant to stay in your head. They're not meant to be spoken out into the world. Yet, here we are, and <laughs> I am sharing, once again, my list of intrusive thoughts from the week. So the last time I saw this in real time was when we were in the airport in Dallas. Yes, we were, we were coming back from our <laughs> conference in Dallas. We had landed. It's late. But the airport is still packed, and we're walking through, and they have one of those really cool breastfeeding pods. Um, so moms have a place where they can go that's not a nasty public bathroom so they can go feed their kid and as we're walking by even as a mother who breastfed <laughs> i wanted to like open the door and be like show me them boobies <laughs> <laughs> but, now, of course that you would never do that but the intrusive thought is that would be fun well as i'm walking by like that's the scene that played out in my head and it <laughs> it is what it is. All right. And so, and I um, had shared earlier in the week that I had an intrusive thought, um, but now I don't know if this is an intrusive thought or just a daydream when the elevator door closed and I'm like, I really wish this would get stuck so I could take a nap. I think that's a daydream, I think. Yeah, I don't think yeah. that's an intrusive think, thought. In, yeah, Intrusive thoughts, because I have them too, but mine are very different, are things like... You don't want to do them, and rationally, you're like, no, I'm not going to do that. Who mm -hmm. would do that? But, like, a little part of you is like, but what if we did it? What yeah. if it happened? <laughs> and then you're like, shut it down. So like, that when feels that more car, like, like when that car blocks the intersection, and you yes. get the green light, and in your mind's eye, you see yourself T-boning that car in the intersection. Yes. And just pulling it out. That's an intrusive well, thought. You would never do that. Well, no. I'm, I'm, thinking, um, I'm thinking them so much now that I'm confusing. Like, I, I'm so hyper aware of my thoughts ever since I've been doing this, which is a scary place to be, by the way. Um, and I'm now like, is that an intrusive thought or is that not an intrusive thought? And intrusive thoughts usually bring intense shame. A lot of it's around, like, religion or death and, like, you feel appalled. Like, they're the kind of thoughts. Some of them are, like, more lighthearted, but mm. for most people, they're the kind of thoughts you would never share any with anyone, and you would even has hesitate to share with a therapist for fear of, like, no, seriously, uh -huh. mine are nightmares. They're horror stories that I play over and over. So I think what I'm trying to say is if you have intrusive thoughts, no, that doesn't mean you're a bad person. It doesn't mean you want to do these things, and it's okay to talk to somebody about them. These are going to be lighter than that. Yeah, though. We're taking yeah, yeah. this down a very yeah. serious route. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I'm keeping it light today. Yeah. Um, so, somebody, so listeners have been sending me these um, videos and reels and TikToks about intrusive thoughts. And I follow uh, Fredo on TV, on Instagram. I've intentionally tried to lighten my social media feeds um, to, to people who make me smile, make me laugh, and he does. And it was so funny because a Burt Show listener sent me this stitch that had him in it. 
It just occurred to me, um, intrusive thoughts are literally just your intuition. Whoa there, bucko. This is no longer a for you page. This is a for them page because she's not talking to us. Okay, your intrusive thoughts are not intuition. They're going to lead to incarceration <laughs> or inhabitation of the afterlife. And that's not where we're trying to be, bro. We got stuff to do tomorrow. <laughs> I'm like, I hope this is not my intuition because that's scary. All right, so some of the other ones I had this week. Um, I had my physical this past week, so I'm there at the doctor's office. And instead of taking my giant purse that pulls on my shoulder, I just took my wallet and my phone and my car keys. And so I check in and I'm sitting there and I have to fill out paperwork and I'm looking at the paperwork and I'm like, crap, I can't see anything and I can't read anything because I don't have my readers with me. And so I'm having to hold it out and write it. And I look across the way and there's a woman sitting there with readers on. And in that moment, I'm like, what if I just walk over and take them off her face? <laughs> Let me get those. And, and put them on to finish my paperwork. I think I can add to your doctor one. I don't know if you guys ever feel this. And again, I would never do it. But, you know, when you go in for a physical and they hit you with that little knee hammer, right? Uh -huh. Test your reflexes. Yep. I always see myself kicking them in the face. Yeah. <laughs> on purpose. And then when I was waiting to do my labs, I just left my urine sample. I'm waiting to do my labs. And there's like one, I'm sitting on one long bench and there's another long bench across the way. Um, and this guy comes in and he sits on this opposite couch, this opposite bench as me. And we're just sitting there waiting. And I'm like, I really want to get up and just sit right next to him <laughs> and see what he does and get his reaction, which I didn't do, by the way. Um, then I went to CVS to pick up my prescriptions and I'm standing there in line. And it was, uh, we had, I had like three people in front of me and then one little old lady could not figure out how to like do the keypad entry stuff. She was having a very difficult time. So I started distracting myself and the magazine rack was a freaking mess. And I really just wanted to go over there and organize it so bad. <laughs> I get that one. Right. And yes. so like there was a, a magazine with Kenny Rogers on the front and I just wanted, and like there was three of them in three different sections. And I wanted just, I just wanted to put Kenny in one place and I wanted to put the medical journals in another place. And I just just wanted to organize the whole entire thing. I think that's a different mental illness called OCD. Yes, maybe. Yeah, I struggle with that one. Didn't do it though. And then um, Bart made us burgers this past week and I was really, I had hankering for a pickle. So um, I ate one, but then I really wanted the taste. And so when I got the pickle jar, I wanted to take one out and lick it and put it back in, but I didn't do it. <laughs> oh my God. So those are my intrusive thoughts of the week. Uh, I, have I have two that are both plane related. So... And it happens every time that I'm on the plane. So going to my seat, which is not in first class, looking at the people in first class, I want to verbally say out loud and predict who's there because of Sky Miles and who's there because they actually uh. So I would point to Mo and go Sky Miles. I'd go to, I would point to Abby and I would go Rich. Uh, you, I'd go Sky Miles, Sky Miles. And I would say it right to their face. Oh, wow. Thanks. <laughs> and the second one is I would... Every single time the flight attendant comes down into the emergency row and they make that announcement like, hey, is there anybody in this row that doesn't really feel like they can handle the responsibility of being in the emergency row? There's always inevitably somebody in that row that you know is not going to help out in an emergency. Mm -hmm. And I want to raise my hand and object every single time. <laughs> I, I do too. You do? Yes. <laughs> I, I say yes. I'm not going to do anything. Yeah, that yeah. person is not going to help. You're Absolutely out of here. I think there should be a vote on the plane. Is there anybody on this show that you wouldn't trust in the emergency row? 
Abby. Look at her. She's so teeny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, She's so, so little itty bitty teeny. Oh, She's not going to be able to lift that door. Look at that little teeny little thing. I'm constantly in fight or flight mode. I would be the number one person you want in the emergency exit lane. You always think things are going to go wrong, so you're prepared for the plane to go I'm down. I'm ready. I already have a business plan. I'm like, you know what? This, uh, this is who we're kicking off the plane. This is who's going to swim. I got it. You can fit in the barf bag. Would <laughs> <laughs> you responsible for my life? It's the Burt Show. Every now and then in a relationship, you're like, is this enough for me to continue to go out with this person or should I just let it go? And sometimes dudes just come on too strong in the beginning and you're not sure if he's being sweet or it's just too much. And that's what our Ditcher date is about today. Hey, Bird Show. I'm a longtime podcast listener. Stumbled across one of your videos on Facebook and you now have a fan for life. P.S. Abby is crushing it. Aww. In here, yes. In an airplane emergency <laughs> room, no. Not so much. <laughs> I could really use your help figuring out if I should ditch or date one of the nicest guys I've ever dated. I feel so horrible saying this because he's so sweet and kind, but it's all too much. He's done too much too soon, and I'm freaking out a little bit, but I'm concerned. Is this a me problem? Am I too jaded? Or maybe I'm just allergic to affection. We've been dating for one month. In that time span, he has gone absolutely overboard. On our first date, he brought the biggest bouquet of flowers you have ever seen. Mm. Once I offhandedly mentioned how dirty my car was, the next morning, my car was sparkling clean. He had shown up and washed my car wow. without me knowing. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> he texts me every day. He DMs me memes that remind him of me every day. This is constant communication. I'm really overwhelmed with it all. Do I tell him to back off or should I bail? Is something wrong with me? I think any woman would be swooning over this amount of attention, but I find it suffocating. This is a, a timing issue, right? So if you're out with each other longer as your relationship yeah. gets more intimate, any one of these things you would see is like, oh my God, he's such a giver. Why well, he thinks of me all the time. But it's sort of a turnoff in the beginning of the relationship when you really don't know each other yet, right? Oh, this would give me the ick. Yeah, your emotional intimacy has to match your level of commitment. And right now he is over committing way too soon. If some guy came to my apartment and started scrubbing my car and we haven't even been on a second date, that would be enough for me to ditch this guy. I'm with you. Too much too soon. And I feel like if she was really into him, maybe she would be able to look past it and it wouldn't matter. But because she's not there yet, she has these feelings of he's doing too much. And I feel like this is only the beginning. If he's already at this level, it's only going to get worse. You probably should ditch. Is it worth having a conversation with him? Because maybe he is just an overly nice guy and he just needs to be told to to like dial it back. That's all it takes, I think. I mean, this could be handled in 30 seconds. Hey, just dial it back just a little bit, man. I, I'm really having a great time with you. Just dial it back a little bit. As a guy, I'm a, it feels a little, ugh. Yeah. Um, but I'm kind of embarrassed, but then I dial it back. Yeah, I don't feel like this is a little bit of him showing you who he is. No, that's what I was, I, I didn't know if that, like, yeah, it is who he is. But that's good, right? A guy that like would spontaneously think of her and clean out her car. I mean, a year from now or six months from now, if he did that, you you would brag to your friends about that, wouldn't you? It smells a little desperate to me. Really? Like it seems like you're trying to overcompensate. Like maybe you haven't gotten a lot of girls in the past, so you're going to go above and beyond, which I, I'm here for the intention. I think this guy sounds like an absolute sweetheart, but it does feel like why are you trying to overcompensate so much in the beginning when we barely know each other? Wasn't there a term for this? We talked about this before. When somebody does like so much. Oh, love bombing. He's love bombing. Oh, love That's bombing. what it yeah, feels yeah, yeah. like he's yeah. doing. 
So at what point when you guys are going out and you're turning into a quote unquote couple, maybe you're becoming once you become exclusive, can you do these things? And then all of it, then it's acceptable. And then you, Abby, might go to your friends and go, oh, my God, I woke up this morning. <laughs> Yesterday, I had just mentioned kind of under my breath that my car was a mess. And damn, I woke up this morning and my dude had cleaned my car. Your friends would be so impressed, but you can't do it initially. No, because you're in the dating process right now. They're still just trying to figure each other out and feel if they even like each other. When you're in a relationship, to me, this seems like a great relationship perk, but they haven't even had the exclusive talk. They don't even know each other's favorite color and middle names. So the fact that he's coming on this strong, I wouldn't call it love bombing. I think love bombing is more of a, manip- a manipulation tactic. Yeah. Um, it, this would, I feel so icky thinking about how I, how I would feel in this moment. So ditch or date? I'm going ditch. Ditch or date? Maybe if he just put gas in the car. (laughs) But to wash it, I'm saying ditch. Ditch or date? Um, Small, itty-bitty conversation. This is a good guy. He's a good guy. She doesn't like him. She doesn't like him. You don't think, well, uh, she doesn't like him. It's a different deal. It is yeah. a different deal. But I feel like I think conversation too, and it all depends on how he reacts to the conversation. His rea- reaction to the conversation could determine ditch or date. This is the Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Bird Show's entertainment buzz. When I think about how bad 2020 was, I don't start at March when lockdown happened. I think about January 2020 when we lost Kobe Bryant because it was such a shock to see someone who seems so invincible pass in such a tragic way. Well, now the Los Angeles Lakers, they are honoring his memory with a statue that's going to be featured outside Crypto.com Arena. Hi, everyone. As you know, Kobe played his entire 20-year NBA career as a Los Angeles Laker. Since arriving in the city and joining the Lakers organization, he felt at home here, playing in the City of Angels. On behalf of the Lakers, my daughters and me, I am so honored that right in the center of Los Angeles, in front of the place known as the house that Kobe built, we are going to unveil his statue so that his legacy can be celebrated forever. Hope to see you there. I pray they have an artist. That does him justice. <laughs> because there times? have been some yeah. statues built of people. And when they were unveiled, they weren't the tribute they thought they were going to be. You don't know if it's him or magic. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just, I'm hoping they got that. Because I, I mean, in that person, whoever they choose, you got a lot of pressure to make sure you do it and you do it right. Absolutely. Yeah. I think this is a great way to honor him. He was so symbolic for what the Lakers, what any organization really wants to be, right? Uh, he left such a legacy. Like, this is just a beautiful gesture. Yeah, and so they're going to put out the statue starting in 2024. Now, in a little bit more dramatic sports news, the ex-girlfriend of an NFL player is offering to pay the fines for any player who injures him on the field. This is so jacked up. <laughs> what? This is so messed up. So she's the ex-girlfriend and baby mama of Miami Dolphins cornerback Eli Apple. She wants him injured because he refused to volunteer when their son was in need. She says, quote, if you play against my baby dad this season, please go for the knees, maybe a hammy. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? That is foul. Right? <laughs> Number 33 for the Dolphins. I'll gladly zell you back any fines. So she zell you back any fines. Oh. Public, How man. much are those fines, by the way? They got to be pretty hefty. Yeah, they oh, are. They're big, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. they are. But I'm also thinking that is illegal, yeah, right? This is gonna, yeah. Even though yeah. the, a, the game of football is violent, I mean, this is battery. I mean, if you're 
purposely saying like I will pay you to hurt somebody, there has that's got to be illegal. It's, Absolutely, it's well, like you're hiring a hitman of sorts. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So it is against the rules to intentionally hurt a player. But the thing is, is like, are you paying the fines with interest? Because at this point, you're just paying me to hurt him, but I'm not making any money off this. Like, if I'm going to be your NFL hitman, (laughs) I want some cash involved. So basically, this ex-girlfriend is alleging that during their pregnancy, uh, their son needed a blood transfusion. And apparently, he refused to donate his blood, even though he's a direct match for his son. And she's I got to believe there's more to that story. mm? Yeah. I mean, if you're, this is your son or your daughter and you're healthy and you're just going to say no, there are very few people that would do that. There's got to be some other detail. Well, she's, he may not have wanted the child because she's also saying that he has sent her some pretty bad messages saying that he also knocked up five other women, but instead of actually having the child, they chose not to go through with the pregnancy. So Uh, he may have some resentment towards her because of that. Oh, he's going to the wrong people. If he wants this, if she wants this guy out... Don't go to other NFL players. Go to the other women he knocked up. <laughs> <laughs> They'll take care of it. Oh, yeah. Have y'all seen John Tucker Must Die? Uh, no. It's this great movie where they gang up on him mm-hmm. and ruin his life. So, yeah, I fully, su- <laughs> fully support that. Just don't hurt him. And it, it, it is a crime to hire somebody to assault somebody else. And yeah. the, the penalty is you would get charged just as much as the person that did the maiming. I think this is a, a gray area here. You're already in a sport that's violent. Oh, no. And Eli Apple is not liked amongst the NFL. So that she right? kind of has the right guy to do this oh, for really? Yeah, he talks a lot of trash to a lot of different people. So I think people would want to hurt him for free. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, keep your Don't worry about it. Okay, people with foot fetishes are probably having a field day because P. Diddy shown off his feet. He says he's incredibly proud of his athlete's foot. You know I've been locked in. It's a proud day today. I've been on my three-day workouts, and I got athlete's foot. If you ain't got athlete's foot, you ain't locked in. Look at that pretty foot. You see that? Yeah. Just a little bit of itchy, burning, burn. That doesn't mean you're working out any harder than anybody else. It just means you're dirtier than most other people. Exactly. And you're not washing your feet. You're nasty. Why are you athlete's foot and you're not athlete? <laughs> <laughs> Something right. Yeah, so, it, I mean, athlete's foot is a fungus. You can get it from, like, a locker room floor. Mm. He might have been touch- He might have been playing footsie with somebody who's got athlete's foot. doesn't necessarily mean that you've been working harder in the gym more than other people. It astonishes me as I grew up and having to, you know, uh, playing baseball. Baseball, you know, be in showers with teenage boys in locker rooms and stuff. I have never once got athlete's foot. I have no idea why. Or jock itch? No, nope. never. Either nope, me either. Neither one of them. How about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about it? Good for you for being clean. <laughs> <laughs> this is The Bird Show. You're learning lessons all the time about dating when you're dating, right? Romeo's learned three biggies lately. What you got? Yeah, I believe, I don't know if this is something to do with the dating world or just myself, really, but I'm here to just kind of vent a little bit, perhaps, (laughs) not necessarily share with you guys. But, you know, recently, I would say within like the last two and a half, three months, I've taken my my dating situation a lot more serious with trying to put myself out there more. Um, I think at first... Uh, at the beginning of this year, I was very, still very much hung up on my past relationship. But then, like, in the last three months, it was just like, no, let's go explore the world. Let's see what kind of fishes are out here in the ocean. <laughs> what kind of fishes? Mm. <laughs> you know, go deep sea fish. Exactly. Okay. You know, and it's so crazy because I used to think, like, ghosting, like, we hear it so often here on the show. And it's just like, 
why what are these losers doing that they're getting ghosted you know like what what are they doing what what's going on in their dates that it's not working out and then I became one of those losers. <laughs> yeah, totally ghosted, huh? Yeah, man. It's happened twice already in the last three months. Twice. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is. Okay, so there's two different situations. And I, and I truly believe that ghosting is a lot more common than, oh, sure. like, oh, in the yeah. dating world than, than, like, it's, than I thought I would. Yeah, I guess. and I just want to, again, state, like, if you are ghosting, that is a cowardly act. All you have to do is send one sentence saying, hey, wasn't really feeling it. Thanks so much for your time. At least the other person knows. You're not dead. <laughs> and that was also I my... Mean, that's all it really takes, right? It. It's infuriating. That's all. Just a little bit of respect. Like a quick text. That's it. That's, that's it. It doesn't matter. Whatever you say, just, hey, it didn't work out. Bye. Bye. See ya. But again, the agreement should be, look, if I'm going to give you that one-liner and tell you, then you can't hit me back with, well, what happened? <laughs> what? Is it me? <laughs> tell me. What? Why? Why? No. Yeah, no follow-ups. No follow-ups. If you follow-up, then I'm ghosting you. Yeah, that's fair. Fair enough. But, but here's the thing. So I also had the same thought process of like, no, you should at least say something. But then I was talking to a friend of mine and she basically said, Romeo, it was one date. They don't owe you anything. They don't. They don't. And I was just like, except maybe some decency. They don't owe it to you, but it's a decent thing to do. Yeah. Thank you. But no, th what I got in return was just, no, you're just, it was one date. Doesn't matter. Forget about it. But then it was the other situation that I have where... I was talking to this girl for a couple of weeks and out of nowhere, it was like literally from like day to night, mm -hmm. radio silence. And I was just like, oh, that's weird. Okay. Let, let me go one day, two days without messaging. And then I hit her up. Nothing. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, okay, what happened here? What, what did <laughs> I do? So I ripped the bandaid one day and I was just like straight up like, hey man, did I do something or... Do no, you, no, no, bro. You, you no. called her man? No, bro. Yeah. No. All of it is bad. <laughs> hey, bro. What happened here? Oh. Did you really think you were going to get a response back? Because it's going to be something nice, but a lie also. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no. I, I don't know. Did what, you I, get a response? I did. And? And it, it was actually a FaceTime call. Oh. oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, clar to clarify certain things or whatever. And, um, oh, you oh, have to second. elaborate a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah I didn't see I mean, this going this way. She didn't want to put this in writing. Yeah, what do you want to know? Well, well so she, she FaceTimes and you answer. Yes. And so, she says. So, yes, I get a, a uh, I send that message in about 25. I'm, you know, when you send one of those messages, you're like constantly overthinking and now you're going into like your mindset is just spiral. Uh, for the next 25 minutes, I was just spiraling like, I shouldn't have done that. You had like 15 seconds to undo it. Why did you do that? <laughs> but then I get the FaceTime call and then I'm like, okay, what's happening here? What's, what's going on? I answered and she was just like, look, it has nothing to do with you. I'm just going through a lot of stuff. Um, and that's the reason why I haven't been messaging you. And she just, so she kind of called to clarify that I had done nothing wrong. It was just on her. Why didn't she text that right. initially? That's what I said. Right. That's what I was thinking. She FaceTimed you for that. Yes. That it's so less dramatic by just saying that. Yeah. It would have been over. It freaked does, me out. Does she, she knows what you do for a living. Mm -hmm. She knows you talk about your personal life. Mm -hmm. She didn't want you to paint her as a ghoster, so that's why she wanted to FaceTime you. you think? Um, Thank you. Okay, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. No, I don't know. Basically, the translation of what she told you is, it's not you, it's me. Or, it's not me, it's you. 
you. Like she she didn't like you, just didn't know how to how to phrase it nicely. I'm just going through some stuff. I'm busy. You, I know I, I know it hurts and because when it, it's rejection, right? When somebody is saying, mm-hmm. like, I just don't feel like this is gonna work, it's so it must be so hard not to take that personally. Mm-hmm. But it just feels to me like you guys that are on dating apps and having to go through all this, you really have to have a very thick skin now. Oh yeah, you gotta be an emotional warrior out here. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna play the game, you gotta be ready for battle and um, welcome to the game, Romeo. Oh, it's yeah. almost <laughs> like you can't take it personal. I'm not taking take it personal, personal, right? And if if she's got a lot, like you all went on one date, right? Uh, two. Two. Okay. And she's got like a lot going. How, what happened in a span of like a week that all of a sudden she has a lot going on? Like if you got a lot going on and you can't date, then then Ooh. you probably shouldn't. I mean, Facts. <laughs> that, that, you're not wrong. That's why I called out the fact that yeah. it was a cop out because I have yeah. absolutely used that excuse before, yeah. where I'm just kind of like, listen, it's not personal. I'm just not. I'm not into it, and so, I don't want to make it about you. That's why I'm saying, like, the follow up insecure text of why aren't we? You're never going to get the truth anyway. You might get a Facetime call or you might get a text. It's going to be BS anyway because mm-hmm. they don't want to say. I, I, you know what? Your personality sucks. <laughs> or I like everything about you except your face. They're not ever going to say that. R- Romeo was sitting right there. <laughs> <laughs> I know. But you're never going to get the looks and personality. <laughs> but you're never going to get an honest yeah. answer. Yeah. But who knows what it is? So do you feel any better about it that you went off the FaceTime call? No, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> so don't. Yeah. Just don't. So you lesson learned? Yeah. Okay. Don't do that You're on. The Burt Show. The anxiety she must have felt on the way to meet the husband's mistress. Mm. Now, if I remember correctly, a husband had no idea she knew what was going on, right? Oh, yeah. She's been sitting on this information and doesn't want to confront him until she talks to the mistress first. So she's been married for nine years and everything's been great up until this point. And a friend of hers actually owns this furniture store and she stopped by. She's like, I need a dining room table. Of course, I'm going to go to my friend's store. So she goes to this store and the owner's like, you're looking for a dining room table? I think your husband just stopped by and bought one. Like, why do you need a second one? She goes, Jason wouldn't come by and get a dining room table. He has terrible taste. So <laughs> the owner shows the receipt and is like, Jason was definitely here. So now she's like, wait, I got to do some digging. Who did he buy this dining room table for? Because it's obviously not us. She does some digging and finds out he's actually got a recurring payment set up at a condo. So she finds out who lives there from the front de- desk guy. And she finds out she's like, my husband's got a mistress. So now she's sitting on this info and is like, I want to confront him, but I want to talk to the mistress first. Ballsy. 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 Mm-hmm. Who's got the email up to? I do. The first part of my plan has gone accordingly. I met the mistress and confirmed that my husband is indeed cheating on me. He is also footing the bill for this woman. <laughs> I chose to go over there early Wednesday morning in the hopes of catching her at home. I have no clue if she has a job or not. I sat in the parking lot of the condo complex, bracing myself for whatever information I was about to receive. I took a deep breath and made my way to her door. There was a moment of hesitation before I knocked on the door, but she has a ring doorbell and I was like, well, I'm on camera. Let's go through with this. She came to the door and asked who it was. I don't blame her for being cautious. I said my name followed with blank's wife. She opened the door and said, He's married. She had no clue. Oh, gosh. I told her I was only here on a fact-finding mission. I'd prefer not to have the conversation recorded by her ring, so may I come inside? Or if you're not comfortable with that, can we walk down to the parking lot? 
She preferred to walk down to the parking lot. <laughs> I bet she did. It's a lot of sharp objects in this house, man. Absolutely. Let's get you away and get you near something more blunt. That's where I found out that my husband has been seeing this woman for almost two years. Oh, oh my wow. God. It would make her want to throw up. Back in April, he leased the condo for her. They met at a bar, and he told her he was going through a divorce. How do you keep that secret for two years? It's amazing what people can keep it in. I stood and listened and was surprisingly calm. I think because I already knew what she was telling me. She was merely confirming all my suspicions. She was having a more difficult time with the fact he was married. We ended up standing in the parking lot talking for almost an hour. I prefer not to share every detail. Now, what's next? Saturday, my husband and I are having dinner at one of our favorite restaurants. We will have a surprise guest join us halfway through dinner. No. Oh, they're conspiring. Yep. I'm sure you can guess who it will be. <laughs> oh, my God. Of course, I will let you know how it goes as long as you promise to send me some strength. Oh, strength. Strength. Don't <laughs> <laughs> let us know how to go. Record it. All the strength. Send us the video. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing more empowering than recording it and sending <laughs> us the video. <laughs> Man. Look. Is this the right way to do it? I don't know. Is it the petty way to do it? I don't know. I couldn't even imagine. I, I feel like we have had this on the show before where it never really goes the way that they think it's going to go. I, I don't think I don't think you can predict. I think go, doing something like this, you have to go in with zero expectations. Your and life. You, walking out of there with your life yeah. is your only expectation. <laughs> <laughs> and, just, and be prepared for the absolute worst. It sounds like to me... There's no coming back from this. Like, this is done. So let's make his life as miserable mm -hmm. as possible. Since I'm going to be walking out, might as well have some fun mm -hmm. while, I'm, I'm, while I'm walking out. He certainly deserves it. And the rest is between you and your God. Yeah. If, if, you, <laughs> if you go through a situation like this, I mean, two years and the way he went about it, I feel like even though it may not be looked at as the right way to go about it, you have every right to go about it however you choose. And if this is her choice, go ahead and go for it. Am I the only one who's against her doing this plan? I feel like she should confront him solo. Because what if what if he has legitimate feelings as to why he's been cheating on her? And I'm not saying they should stay together. And I'm not saying that this is right. But I am saying I feel like there's not going to be any kind of productive conversation conversation from it if she just ambushes him with the mistress. You, you don't do this to be productive. Yeah. <laughs> you do this to be vindictive. Yeah, you do this to and burn the village. And she's earned that right. <laughs> she's burning the village. Yes. I mean, this is not like, hey, maybe we can all talk it out and we can proceed in our... She's done. Yeah. Can you imagine... What you would feel like, I mean, knowing now you're going back and you're looking at your last two years, right? And everything probably in her head has been a lie. So anytime that he says he's going to a meeting, if he was going to a meeting or not, is a lie in her head. And this dude's spending their money on her? Yeah. No. Yes. See, I, I feel like she's leaving regardless, right? She's just deciding to leave with a little pizzazz. Yes. <laughs> Leaving with a bang. With the jazz hands? Yes. Pizzazz. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, you know, Abby, if she goes and she confronts or she talks to the husband about it, he's somehow, someway, there's a really good chance he's going to work his way around it. Then you got the whole gas lighting thing going on, and you're the crazy one. And I think you put them all together there, and there, there is nothing to be discussed except you busted. She, and she's doing it in public, which I think is very smart and is a safe route to go. Um, so... There you have yeah. it. Put away the knives and take out the phone. We want to see the video on Monday. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you might ask the server to remove all sharp objects from the table, though. And he still got paid for the bill. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right.
right, we'll check back with her on Monday morning. The Bird Show. Team chemistry is everything here. Is there tension between Mo and Katie on a couple of different levels? A, you got the show here, The Bird Show, and you have your podcast in the moment, which you guys work on as well. So what the hell's going on? Well, I'm not angry, not mad, but I'm certainly disappointed. <gasps> Oh, What'd you do? Dang. I didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. She's already digging in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Look at her. Mm. Katie has some serious explaining to do. I expect more from her. And this is the reason. Now, Katie and I go out all the time, right? Typically, she chooses the places. Katie is very good with that. She always knows the spots to go to. And I usually don't care where we go. You can't even remember what part of town you live in most days. <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> he doesn't. What I'm hearing is you don't care yeah. where she selects. You just want to spend some quality time with her. That's all. It doesn't matter. It doesn't sure. matter where we go. You are breezy about that stuff, which is nice. Yeah, I'm cool, yeah. right? Um, so it's it's very rare that I have a spot that is like I look at and I feel like wow, like I'm actually impressed. I'm so impressed that I want to go. So I find this particular spot on Instagram. It's like this two-story place. It's got arcades. It's got drinking. It's got games. It's like it's this really fun, cool spot. Mm-hmm. It's brand new. So I see it, and I'm like, you know what? For the first time ever, I'm going to reach out to Katie with a spot that I think we should go to. And she's the first person that comes to my mind when I see this place. So immediately, I send it to her, and I'm like, Katie, we got to go here. She sends, she writes me back. She's excited. Exclamation points. Yes, let's do it. This looks fire. We in there, right? Cool. Maybe two, three days pass. I'm somewhere. I go on Katie's Instagram. I see that she has a new story. <laughs> let me go check out, see what Katie's oh, doing. no, you didn't. Let me, let me, let me see what Katie's up to, right? <laughs> I click on the story. I see her. In this place. And the first thing I think, oh, this place looks really familiar. Why? Where have I seen it before? Now, this is before the two of you guys have met up there. I have not been to this place to this moment, Bert. I have still not been there. And then it hits me. Oh, she's at the place I just sent her. Katie. With her friends. It's so fun in here, y'all. We having the time of our lives. Like, oh, you gotta be kidding me. What a great spot I found. <laughs> yes. Katie. Katie, what oh, All right. Let Katie, you have the floor. Mm-hmm. Explain yourself. <laughs> All right. Now, yes, Mo did indeed show me this place that I had never been to before. And yes, he indeed said we needed to go and visit this place. And I was like, you are right. Mm-hmm. We should experience this together. Mm-hmm. I was all on board for that, right? However, however. I have other best friends as well, okay? And you just you just can't please everybody. So I just happened to be in the neighborhood and my best friend and I, we were at a different uh, bar that was like next door to this place. And we were having a great time. Was it time. called um, No Values? <laughs> <laughs> was it called Lacking Morals? <laughs> nah. It was oh, called I'll Let's be, Have Fun. I'll have a shot at No Morals. <laughs> no Loyalty? <laughs> what was it called, Katie? Ooh, how is that Backstabber Burger yet? Yes. <laughs> so as we leave this place, my best friend, she did not want to go home. And I was like, okay, well, we can just go somewhere else. And I'm just naming other places. And she's like, well, what about that place? 
and she points and it happens to be the exact same place that Mo showed me so that you, I had never been in. So to clarify, you didn't plan a night out to this place with your friends. <laughs> it was, it kind of, it happened spontaneously. And you just yes. happen to be in the same neighborhood when you walk yes. out of the other one there. Mm-hmm. This new place is hitting you in the face like, hey, no one wants to go home. Let's just go in. And what a coincidence, Mo also told me about this place and it looks great. And she really wanted to go. So I wasn't going to tell her no. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> this was this was your guys' place together. This was our thing. This was going to be our new spot, yeah. man. Yeah. So I was supposed to tell her, oh, no, I'm sorry. We can't go to the place that you want to go right now. And we're in front of this place because I have to wait for Mo. Yes. <laughs> like I said, can't please everybody. Damn. Well, maybe she was doing recon to make sure it was a cool place and that you guys would have fun. But you know what, though? This is my thing, right? I'm not even mad that she went. I'm mad that she didn't have the decency to at least not put it on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> at least hide you, it from or me. Or give you credit on Instagram. Hey, Mo told me about this place. He was right. I'm having the time of my life here. I mean, I told him that after the fact. <laughs> yeah. How was it, Katie? It looked like a lot of fun. It was loud. It was loud. It was <laughs> a lot of people. It was too crowded. Uh, mm, mm-hmm. I didn't have fun. Your Instagram story showed a, a different story. Okay. <laughs> we know social media is a lot. <laughs> uh, you can check out In The Moment. Tell them where. Wherever you get your podcast. And I think legally I have to say you guys are part of the Pioneer Network. Hey, The Bird Show. Time to get buzzed on the hot goss from Hollywood with Abby. It's the Burt Show's entertainment buzz. Drew Barrymore should probably sleep with one eye open because her stalker is still on the loose. This is so scary. So earlier this week, we actually talked about this. Renee Rapp and Drew Barrymore were up on stage having a conversation for an event and her stalker charges the stage and is like, I need to see you before you leave. It's very scary. She was escorted off stage. They got him out of there and then they were able to continue the event. Well, now he was poking around Southampton, really bougie part of New York, looking for Drew at her house. So apparently Chad Busto was going up to different houses in Southampton and like knocking on doors being like, does Drew live here? Does Drew live here? Where does Drew live? And so, of course, this happens. Somebody's going to alert this to the police. So according to Southampton Chief of Police, James Kiernan, he was not formally arrested, but he was detained. So uh, they really had nothing they could arrest him for. So he has since been released, which if, I mean, I know celebs deal with this all the time, but if I'm Drew, I am terrified. Because yeah, I mean, technically what he did, he he, he had an outburst at her event, but no, no, I don't, I don't know if there, any true crime was committed. So yeah, you kick him out and you, you let him go. But now he's out there knocking on doors. That would be terrifying. Yeah, I mean, she's going to have to hire like another five security <laughs> members. I mean, this is really serious. This dude's obviously super disturbed. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. Yeah, it's not a crime to be a creep, unfortunately. I wish they could do something about it, but it's good that at least uh, they know what's going on so that they can keep an eye on him and make sure he doesn't get around her anymore. Maybe this is too deep a thought for this morning on a Friday. Do you... Do you guys ever, I get curious about stuff like this, because obviously this dude is going through what he's going through, or he's mentally not right. Do you ever wonder, like, did he, did it snap one day? Like, was he like a, like, it was okay, and then did something happen in his life where 
all of this seemed to make sense to him. You want to like have glasses to see the moment where things got almost like a got off track. DVR. What I, I could uh-huh. rewind it to his life and see like what happened. Yeah, and where it all happened, or maybe it's always sort of been like this. Or maybe like, something like just a, like happened and it's a snap. Or maybe it was a slow build after many years, and who knows what his childhood like yeah. was like, his adolescence. Like who knows? How'd you get here? Yeah, maybe he saw fifty first dates and his life was changed. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's a, a slew of things that we could throw out there, but. But yeah, definitely something a mental health professional would need to respond to. Okay, Samantha Jones's cameo in And Just Like That finally aired. Sex and the City fans are very excited about this. It was supposed to be a surprise, which, I mean, think about how epic this would have been if it had actually been a shock to people. But since it was no longer a surprise, it was still very exciting to see Kim Cattrall in her role. She is in this final episode of season two, and she calls up Carrie and basically says, hey, I won't be able to make it to um, this final dinner to pay homage to your apartment. So in a case like this, I got to tell you guys. So I don't, I don't watch this show. I do. I know you do. I know you love it, right? You love Sex in the City. You love this show. Well, I don't know. I can't say I love this show. I love the OG Sex in the City. And because I was so attached, I can't not watch. And just like that, some of the acting is very cringe. But this season has definitely been better than last season. And it just got renewed for a third. And I'm... I will watch that as well. Just in listening to this clip here, I know too much. Like, it all seems like so much crap. Like, I wouldn't be able to buy into it, Mm -hmm. watching it, knowing that they all hate each other. Yeah, it was hard. So I watched (laughs) watched the last episode, um, and I was waiting for, like, that that cameo, um, it, it was short and it was unsatisfying. <laughs> especially because it's just like this exuding, this love for each other. And yeah. Carrie is so oh, taken back by the love that Samantha is showing. When we know too much, they all hate each other behind the scenes. Yeah, so there's that. But at the same time, they all, they admitted they did this for the fans. Like they did not do this for themselves. They did this for the fans because the fans have true love for Samantha. She was an iconic character. Um, and I do feel in some way watching it, um, it, it was her own, it was her way of paying homage, not to Carrie's apartment, but to the show. Mm. Like when, at the very end when she puts the phone on her chest, it's like one of those, I just closed the door on this. Mm. I, I appreciate what this gave me, but I'm leaving it in the past. Gotcha. It's funny that you have to watch it because you're so attached to Sex and the City because I cannot bring myself to watch the full season because I am so attached to the show. I don't want it to ruin mm. it for me. It do, In all sincerity, it doesn't ruin the original. Um, however, there are some scenes where it's just like, have you forgotten how to act? Like, what is going on here? It's so cringe, but I can't stop watching it. <laughs> the Burt Show. She's all sketched out about meeting her boyfriend's mother for the first time. We'll get her on here in just one second. I do want to remind you guys, though, uh, tomorrow morning when you turn TV on or afternoon when you turn the TV on, you know what you're going to see for the first time in months and months and months? Ooh, college football. It's glorious. <laughs> glorious. <laughs> it is back. College it's, football is right. Yeah, it's probably games you don't even care about. Like <laughs> Navy's playing like Notre Dame or USC is playing like San Jose State. I don't care. It's football. I couldn't care less. It's back. I'm reading this survey this morning. Let me ask, let me tweak and ask you guys the same question. Um, and Kristen went to Kentucky 
Abby went to Florida. Big SEC fans. Uh, I went to Georgia three or four times to watch games. Um, <laughs> so I'm a UGA fan. Mo is really into football also. Although you're starting to come around on college football, right? Yeah, because I mean, in New York, college football is not really a big deal. But being in the South, it, it would change your Ooh. mindset on that really quickly. So let me ask you guys this. If it meant your team winning a national championship this year, would you agree to not talk to your best friend for a year? No. <sighs> a national championship, you do not talk to your best friend for a year. <laughs> oh, wow. I can't no, believe you this, guys are even thinking about this. Is this, really, is it's this a really? no for me. It's a no for you? I, I, I wouldn't not talk to my best friend for a year. <laughs> Y'all don't know these people, right? Like, you don't know these football players, but you know your best friend. Kristen, how long have you been friends with your best friend? 35 years. And you would not talk to her for a year? So a group I've of been boys a, I've been don't a know? I've been a Kentucky fan for 44. Mm -hmm. 35 years? Y'all can miss one. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all so busy with kids in mm -hmm. life. Like, we go months without talking to each other mm -hmm. anyway. Mm -hmm. That's what, like, that. I'm literally sitting here thinking this. And mm -hmm. I, I don't, I can't remember last time Kentucky won a national championship in football. Mm -hmm. Is your best friend a Kentucky fan, too? Yes, she is. And see, but you won't be able to share in. That I'm in the same situation. My best friend, we both went to NC State, and we both grew up loving. We went to basketball camp together. You can't share in it. I know. didn't even spend a lot of time thinking about this. Of yes, I am not talking what? to my best friend for a year. No, um, and he would totally understand. Yeah. Uh, he's my best friend. I know he will be there in a year. <laughs> but for UGA to win another championship. I would just tell him, dude, I'm checking out for a year. The only time Kentucky has won a national championship in football was 1950. <laughs> wow. Mm -hmm. Damn, so nice. you know what? I'm taking a one for BBM. <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> one of the only exciting things about football is you're on the edge of your seat. You're not really sure what's going to happen. So sure, are you going to win? But it's not going to feel earned. Oh, it will. Mm -hmm. You think so? Mm -hmm. That feels like yes. a cop out. That feels like you're buying something with daddy's money. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm not, I would rather sit through another horrible season at the University of Florida than just know that we are going to win by default. Like, knowing nothing could go wrong, that's so boring to watch. I do not care. For yep. me to have, like, historical bragging rights for UGA to win three back-to-back-to-back, -to -back -to -back, I don't care. You already have so many. Right. Come on. Oh, good. God, I love that. I want people to hate Georgia the way we hate Alabama. <laughs> I love that. God, I love that. <laughs> Alright, so let's get Amber on here for just one second because she's all sketched out. We've all been here before. You know, there's nerves. You're going to meet your man's parents for the very first time and you know about their relationship and it's strong. So the do's and don'ts and what to be really concerned about. Hey, Amber. Hey. Okay, so what makes this any different than anybody else meeting their somebody's parents for the first time? Ooh, I mean... I just know that my boyfriend adores his mom. Like, they talk all the time. He talks about her all the time. Like, I've never experienced anything like it. And I'm also, like, acquaintances with his ex-girlfriend, and she's kind of given me the scoop on the whole situation. What's the scoop? Or, like, she gave me, like, a warning. <laughs> she was like, his mom is very difficult. She's hard to win over. And I even know that kind of when they ended things, his mom like played a role in that because she did not like um, my acquaintance, like his ex-girlfriend. So I, I'm so 
beyond nervous and and I haven't been in a ton of relationships before and I definitely haven't been in a ton of relationships where I'm meeting the mother that like you know the person that I'm dating is really close with so this is all new to me. I need some advice. Mothers so, are like bears. They can smell the fear. You're going to have to like <laughs> shake that off. That's a fact. So the pressure here for you is knowing that she wields a lot of power with her son. And if she doesn't like you initially, then maybe this relationship mm-hmm. is never going to like live on. Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. The, the stakes feel high. And yeah, I really want to make a good impression. It seems I, like I an obvious answer. To, it seems like an obvious answer. You just got to go in there and be yourself, man. That's it. If she likes you, great if not who cares 100 percent. and i think you need to try to block out what the ex-girlfriend has told you because everybody's experiences are not the same yeah. so you're kind of utilizing her experience and going in and mm-hmm. thinking that's what it'll be for you but you don't know that it could be completely different abby have you ever met a boyfriend's parents <laughs> no she's never been excited about a second date right. yeah well, i mean i'm barely excited about them let alone their mothers <laughs> but amber here's the good thing so i live by the rule that how a man treats his mom is how mm-hmm. he's going to treat you and if you're mm-hmm. telling me that he adores his mother. I know that he adores you. And I gotta say, I think you'll be able to survive just about anything unless she is like a complete monster-in-law. But if he adores her and you adore him, she must be a lovely human. Can this backfire? Because I hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And logically this makes sense. Like you want to know Mm -hmm. that your kids are being adored by the person that they are in a relationship with though. But I know it's complicated sometimes between moms and the future, daughter-in-law maybe. So if he is showing too much affection or Amber here is too sort of lovey with him. Does it actually alienate mom in some competitive way? There, so there's a fine line here, and I'm I am the same way as Abby. You want a man that honors his mother, and my husband Bart adores his mom, and they he he treats her so beautifully and so lovely. Um, they have a healthy relationship. Mm. It's those ones that veer into unhealthy that you need to be concerned about. And that's where that's where the mama boys come in and mom is she's too she's too controlling. And not only is she too controlling, he's too submissive. So you you want to make sure you don't get you one of those. So mm. I think you go in um Okay, because I remember the first time I met his parents, um, but it, it, it was a unique situation. There was a calf in the in the kitchen because it got <laughs> a what a calf a calf a calf a calf. He lives were, on a farm in the kitchen. Yes, oh, and right. a, a baby calf, wow. and the mother had rejected it, and they were having to like feed it and stuff, and it was it, it was odd. Anyway, yes, okay. <laughs> it's a pretty traditional, common Kentucky story. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't want to go in too hot because she will think you're coming in. And trying to control the situation. Mm-hmm. So you wanted to fall control to mom here, but Mo is dead on. You can't go in with any pre- uh, preconceived notions because you are not the same as his ex. So go be yourself. Yeah. Go be yourself. Let's talk to But the Monday. best version of yourself. Yeah, right. <laughs> maybe, maybe bring a gift. <laughs> oh, absolutely. What should she bring her? Oh, you should totally bring like a small gift, a small token. Like some Delta 8? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Amber, we'll talk to you on Monday, okay? Okay, thank you very much. The Bird Show. I just real quickly, I had told you guys about this a couple of weeks ago, and it's now this weekend. And let me just reiterate that if you grew up in Atlanta, 
listening to the radio and listening to、uh, morning shows, specifically 80s, 90s, 2000s, you know the name Steve McCoy. Dude, iconic radio guy in this city. You know the show, Steve and Vicky. For sure. Well, they are having a fundraiser tonight for Steve McCoy. He has Parkinson's, and I think he is under hospice now, also. And it has taken a tremendous financial hit to their family, and they are really looking for some help. And there's a whole bunch of people that are going to be out at this fundraiser tonight helping out Steve. It's Or Sunday. Sunday night, I should say.、Um, helping out Steve. They got Braves tickets. They've got Hawks gear they're going to be auctioning off also. I think it's a, a night to celebrate him, but also raise money. It's $75 Sunday night at the Punchline, and you can get your tickets at punchline.com. Yeah, Jamie Bindle, who's a friend of the show,、um, he's the owner of Punchline. So it's, a, it's a, an event called Stand Up for Steve McCoy. So,、um, and it's all to help him in his fight with Parkinson's. So again, it's this Sunday, 7 p.m. Tickets are $75 and can be, can be purchased at Punchline.com. So I heard Kristen and Abby just gabbing it up a little bit earlier. Kristen g a i Oh, you look so cute, Abby, yesterday at the golf course. You look so cute.、Uh, it's not just a golf course, it is the PGA Tour Championship.、Mm-hmm. Like, this is a huge deal. This is a big deal for the city of Atlanta and Eastlake. It's a big deal. It's the top 30 players all coming <laughs> to Decatur, Georgia to be able to play this championship. And I got t a say, not only is it fun to see people crushing it at what they do best. It's also a really fun social event. And I love any excuse to wear a fun tennis dress and a visor, which is what I wore yesterday. You are so cute in a visor. Right? Yes. <laughs> so、uh, I like you. And like, because you know, when you have it, I'm all about a theme, right? So、yes. you know you're going to be on a golf course. So she has this adorable,、um, uh, adorable summer dress, rocking the tennis and a little visor. And I'm like, oh my God, if you don't find a man on this golf course today, something is seriously wrong. <laughs> let me tell you, let me. Tell you that is the place to find a man. It was a sausage fest, wasn't it? It was. There were no <laughs> women. And let me tell you, when you're a solid seven on most days, you show up to those kinds of places, you're an 11. <laughs> <laughs> and then you throw on the tennis dress, it's bonus points for them. How, how was the golf? The, you know, I saw players. <laughs> Actually, I think I saw the four best players. I saw、uh, Rory McElroy,、oh, I、yeah. saw John Rahm. Two other ones that I can't, I'm sorry, their names are escaping me, but I think they were like the top two players because we were there,、um, you know, hanging out, having some bites on the sixth green. And I guess they do this thing where they line up the players based off of how good they are.、Mm-hmm. So, like, the, the ones that are not as good start first, and the、mm-hmm. ones that are like the best come last.、Mm-hmm. So,、Correct. we were at the sixth green when the best players were coming through. So, I was sitting there having a Miami wine flight, and all of a sudden they were like, John Rahm's coming to the green. And I'm like, who? And I run to the front. And、um, I'm in line with all these people who are just enthralled、mm-hmm. with this golf game.、Mm-hmm. I come from a golf family, so my, my dad was very jealous. I was FaceTiming him in. And it's, the green was really getting these players. Like, these are some of the best players in golf. And they get to the green, and、um, I think it might have been John Rahman and Rory McElroy. And they both have like one foot to get this ball in the hole. And it looks so easy because it's like, you know, you just tap it. And both of them <laughs> ke- like kept missing this one hole. They kept tapping. <laughs> Like, did that thing where it kind of like rim, goes around the rim and、uh-huh. then like lips back out happen to them both? And I'm sitting there like, ha! 
noobs. <laughs> Are you professionals or no? I was like, have you even played putt-putt? Like, what? Is- <laughs> you guys can't do this. But I was having the best time because the weather was so nice. There's like patio chairs where you can get some wine. They do it upright. They do it upright. And I got to say, the men out there, delicious. Yeah, so let's talk about this for a second here because this is right in your strike zone here. I mean, what you have described you look for in a man is basically any gallery on a golf course. Mm-hmm. Yes, any so- man with no personality and a strike polo, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> so did you strike yesterday? Anything good come out of that? Any holes in one? <laughs> Maybe. So I'm standing there and I'm watching, you know, John Rahm or whoever be, suck at golf. And <laughs> I'm kidding. He's, he, I'm sure he did great. And I'm standing next to this man in a striped polo and I look up and I'm like, ah, oh, you look above six feet. Hello. And um, I, as John Rahm or whoever are walking away, that's kind of like the, the permission to where you're allowed to talk. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember what I said, but I asked somebody to give me like a one liner to make me look like I know about golf. <laughs> and I said something like that. I was like, so what do you think about the greens? Really? The, yeah, the or something greens? like that. That's, I don't know. that's what you landed on? <laughs> something like that. Okay. And, um, Did he say, I take athletic greens every day, bro. It makes my stomach feel amazing. <laughs> Mama makes amazing greens. <laughs> you you use my cook for a long time, though. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> and we start striking up a conversation and I get bold because I'm sitting there. I've had uh, this delicious wine flight, um, maybe two. <laughs> and I go, you know, here's my number. I know you're going off to the seventh green. I've got a post up here because I'm here technically for work. But you know what? Hit me up if you're ever in uh, okay. in Sandy Springs. Mm-hmm. So we shall see if, okay. if Mr. Tall Stripe Polo Man hits me up. <laughs> but you're heading back out there today, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to... I had such a good time. It's like one big danger, but it's very classy. Super fun. <laughs> so fun. All right, let's stick with uh, local sports here for a second, only because... Uh, I saw a stress on Kristen a couple of days ago that pinging at a level that I don't know that I've seen many times in the 12 years we've known each other. I have never participated in a Ticketmaster pre-sale, and I don't think I will ever (laughs) participate in another one again. This is when you know the tickets are going on sale at a certain time and everybody's lining up and you got to get in the queue and all that. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. So the CBS Classic is coming to State Farm Arena in December, and my beloved Kentucky Wildcats are going to be playing the... The University of North Carolina Tar Heels. That is a... These are two storied schools when it comes to college basketball. Um, It's a rivalry that goes back many, many, many years. And so it's a big deal that they're going to be playing against each other in this tournament. So um, as soon as we found out it was in Atlanta, my husband and I are getting tickets. And then, of course, all of our friends are hitting us up. Hey, can we stay at your place? Hey, can you get tickets? Blah, 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 blah. And so one friend in particular, he ap- he actually happens to be a huge North Carolina fan. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to get us four tickets. All right. I'm like, I can do this for tickets. So I, I sign up for the presale and I don't get a code. Like I don't get an email. I don't get a code. So God bless Tommy who does digging. He finds the code for me and... We're, we're like, it's the end of the show and I'm sitting here with my phone in front of me and I'm waiting to do like to, to jump into the queue. And I thought as soon as it hit 10, like you went in and bought tickets. <laughs> no, you don't. You get into the stupid queue. So I have like 1,200 people in front of me and Tommy's 1, like- 1,200? Oh. Yeah, I had 1,200 people in uh, front of me. That's normal. Yeah. And Tommy's like, he, Tommy ended up being seventh in line, right? It was awesome. And so I'm waiting in queue and Tommy's like, get in here, get in here. <laughs> We're, what do you want? Where we're do you live, want to sit? We're live on the air, and uh, and 
I'm trying to tell Kristen her headphones, but then she took her headphones out so she couldn't mm-hmm. hear me talking to her. I'm in the queue, and I'm trying to buy tickets, and I'm just sitting here because I don't know which ticket she wants. And so I run, and he doesn't know what my, what my budget is. So I run in there, and I'm like, okay, okay. So he, he needs an aisle seat, and we want it somewhere up close, but, you know, it can't be too expensive. So we're clicking on <laughs> seats, and they're just poof, poof, disappearing. Where did I go? Where did I go? And then finally, we get four seats in the lower bowl, nice. one of them on the aisle, and I'm like, look at it! Look at it! <laughs> <laughs> and so Tommy locks it in, and I'm like, my heart is beating out of my chest. I'm like, did we get them? Did we get them? Did we get them? And like, we you did get them. We secured, we, got them. we secured four seats for the CBS Classic, hey. December 16th, and I swear to God, I will never do that. Markham, I'm sorry. Sorry I didn't get a suite level. I'm sorry I didn't get us in the club. But you got your freaking aisle seat, so suck it. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> the Burt Show.